the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. we got a good show for you today. Um, finally, a day where things go down. I don't mind down days. Um, they kind of come with a territory in my world, and I'm kind of okay with it, especially after we've had six up days. Um, essentially, I'm kind of the pause that uh, refreshes. Sometimes is what you need. Also, we're going to start seeing some data that may say things are bumpier out there versus a complete V-shape. Maybe everything shouldn't be V-shape. Maybe some things should be V-shape. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. The NASDAQ's a little bit lower by about one-third of 1%. The Dow's down about 1.3%. So the Dow's down uh, a little bit more um, percentage-wise. So, and that could be something, it could be one thing. It could be a thing like Boeing, which goes up 60, 70% fast. Suddenly it gives back 13 points in the morning, down 6%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 is 30 stocks that is market weighted, which means the bigger stocks, the heavier stocks, um, as far as market cap goes, directly influences things. So that's out there um, today. And for something to think about is we've seen a little bit of outsized gains in travel and leisure and things like uh, Boeing. Specialty situations, I would say, that kind of got murder-related this year and last. Um, So it's a little uneven. Can you deal with it? It's a little turbulent. I'm okay with it. Suddenly, a cool thing to do is consider to go into bankruptcy because you can shoot your stock up. Isn't that fun? Uh, got a fun commentary on on Tesla today. You're not going to believe what one rich guy has to say about it. Um, is it a value or is it a dead stock in the water? I'll tell you throughout the show. Hertz today, um, already filing for back bank, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Said that its stock gained as much as 143%, which left it up over 1,000% since May 26. Whoa. Nicola, we've been talking about this guy for about a week now. It's a newly traded company. And it's Nicola, as in Nikola Tesla. Uh, Nikola provides zero emissions transportation and infrastructure solutions and had zero sales in 2019. It now has a $26 billion mar- uh, market cap, increasing 103% yesterday. So its gain on the year, 610%. We talked about it the day that it IPO'd, and it's already up 610%. Why? 
because they're a poor man's Tesla at this point in time. And stocks 22% higher are ready today. So it's just on a tear. Now, no matter how you look at it, when you see Hertz is up 1,000% and Nikola is up 610%, that's that's choppy. That's that's froth. That's speculation. That's crowded trades. It's not a good thing. Um, white hot markets tend to get some of the speculative excess beaten out of them, slapped out of them, knocked out of them. It is a violent thing when it ends. <laughs> so be careful on white hot stocks. Um, One of the things the market needs right now is kind of some different patterns. So for the better part of three or four weeks now, we've been rotating, maybe rotating from big cap companies. (coughs) Excuse me. I got the black lung pop into travel and leisure stocks. Uh, We've been finding areas to push higher. Financials have had a couple good days. So what we need right now is instead of that rotating things to drive us a little bit higher, we need a dip. What would happen if the markets went down 3%? Would we buy on the dip? Remember throughout 2019, a story that we would go to again and again and again was the market was buying the dip. That we were never down 5%. It was like 3%, let's go and buy the stock market again. (coughs) That's not healthy. You do kind of want <clears throat> you do kind of want to grind some people out. You do kind of want to wash some people out on occasion. When the market does dip five, six percent, they're like, "Uh oh, I don't want this to become a 10, 20, 30 percenter." You do want stocks to leave weak hands to build for the long term. So a little bit of that might be nice in the next couple of weeks. If I were to draw draw up my ideal market, maybe that's what this one needs. Fed Chairman Powell is in the news today. He's going to blow up the plan to save the economy, or will he keep it about the same? And we're kind of expecting him to keep it kind of the same as far as lower interest rates. But if you're to believe those jobs numbers that came out last Friday, you'd be like, well, maybe the Fed should say, we're keeping an eye on things, and maybe we'll pull back some of our extraordinary support if we see another jobs number like that. It's not an impossibility to ever guess what the Fed could say, um, but it's not expected. Uh, I, my personal opinion is the Fed would like to get us in good enough shape that right about three months before the election they go, you know, we're seeing the end of the year pretty strong for the economy, or we're seeing the year pretty pretty sideways, and we're done. <clears throat> Don't expect the stock market to get a big reaction out of us going into November. But then again, even that could draw like uh, the, the market to react. Market's very, very moody. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, a little bit of retracement is what we're looking at right now. A little bit of relative weakness in recent winters within the energy, financial, and industrial sectors. April job openings. There's a, a funny economic statistic. and I mean, I mean funny, haha, no. It's just funny like odd. There's a funny economic statistic on job openings. <laughs> and a lot of our Federal Reserve members 
Uh, remember, they're the key bankers of the United States. They're regional bankers. So there's like a Dallas banker, and there's a San Francisco banker, and there's a uh, Richmond, Virginia banker, which represents more of the south uh, areas. And there's there's things like that. You get the idea. Um, they look at the job openings. So job openings decreased to 5.046 million from a revised down 6 million, basically, in March. So 6 million job openings down to 5 million makes it a much tighter labor market, except for the fact that we have high unemployment. So we'll talk about that maybe as the show goes on, depending on if we get time to really hit that nicely. Nikola stock has more than doubled. 11 high growth um, ideas are out there. I'm going to go through some of them today. Dow's 350-point slide puts the six-day winning streak at jeopardy. Oh, no. Um, Would you take six up days one down day? I think you probably would. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. It looks like at this point of the day, a little bit of a give back. Do we get weaker as the day goes on? Have we topped? Those are questions for you to decide, uh, but for me to help you along the way with. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Oh, welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Lots to talk about. I don't really worry about the day-to-day numbers on the market. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I I don't like the big down or big up days. And I, some some of those days, I'll go, oh, we're up big, or oh, we're down big. I don't want to get into how much we're down and why you should go to bed in a fetal position crying. I don't want to get into how much we're up and how you should sell everything and, and buy your own island. It's not my thing. Um, 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pulled up Boeing's stock quote in large part because I was trying to figure out why the market was down bigger. Then the Dow Jones and the Dow Average is down bigger than other markets, and it, it kind of showed me that they're down a lot. So they're probably dragging down. I can go to the big board and see out of the 30 stocks which are up and down. But that's not the point of the segment. The point of the segment is one of the things that I noticed when I pulled up the chart of Boeing is that in the lower right corner, there's a performance outlook. Short-term, green arrow up. That's two weeks to six weeks. Mid-term, six weeks to nine weeks, green arrow up. Long-term, nine months plus down. I hate things like that. If you can make it too simple for the average person, you can basically arm them with a a gun that they can do a lot of harm to themselves with. I don't like it at all. When you see something like red light, green light, it's, it's too basic. And this is your money. This is your investments. This is your retirement, probably. So it really, really bugs me to see something oversimplified. If I could buy a stock that said short-term green light up, I'd be like, okay, okay. Now, that may give me an idea on a stock, but I'm going to do a lot more work than just that. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Because, like, listen to this. On Boeing, I just gave you the short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Now, 
now, if you take a look at what people's expectations are on the short term, they're down. <laughs> so those two are already in conflict with one another. <clears throat> a technical analysis of the stock looks positive, whereas people's gut instinct says, oh, not my kind of thing. So be careful. Information sources can get you into a lot of trouble. One thing that I, I keep coming back to and just keep sticking in my head, I'm having a great financial year. My bottom line is awesome. It's moving higher. Somehow I managed not to lose my job in COVID, and I saved a little bit more money, which is weird because it was on restaurants, right? So I budget readjusted that way, of which, for the record, I'm getting kind of back to my budget, my original budget, my pre-COVID budget. Um, I've kind of replaced restaurants with maybe a little bit of food waste in groceries. So I can't quite fine-tune it for the long term, but I'm getting there. Anyway, um, one of the lingering side over hangover kind of effects that we're going to see, it's not going to be smooth. When you hear this this piece of research that I'm about to throw out at you, you got to know it's not going to be smooth. 20,000 to 25,000 retailers announced are predicted to close in 2020 as the coronavirus pandemic accelerates industry upheaval. I've seen it. I've already seen two of my local restaurants that were legends. Typically, legends in restaurants are either amazing food or not so good. And by not so good, it's kind of like an old, old-fashioned steakhouse that, well, it's not so good, but everyone knows it because their parents went there or something like that. So 20,000 to 25,000 closures this year. Um, previously, a couple weeks ago, CoreSight, which is a big research firm, um, they said it was going to be fifteen to 20,000. 15,000. So now they're up to twenty to 25,000. Uh, to say that getting our hands around COVID-19 has been tricky at best would be silly. It's been a problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Coresite so far has said about 4,000 closures by retailers. Um, so it's climbing from 4,000 up to 20,000, is what they expect. And these stores, you know, differ like Golden Clay, like Pure One Imports, um, L Brands, GNC, the vitamin chain company, which for the record, my opinion on vitamins, I know you're saying, shut up, shut up, don't give me that health advice. No, I'm giving you financial advice on this one. Um, most vitamins, I, I just kind of wish you'd get through food and vegetables. Um, it's a multi-hundred billion dollar industry for a lot of times yellow urine. <clears throat> I know you're saying, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You don't believe in multivitamins. I, oof. Not a lot of science that your body can absorb them and use them. Listen to this. You know, um, the small man, the average man doesn't really stand a chance against the market. I almost disagree now because we've gotten the cost out and the small guy could kind of say things. Yeah, I'm worried about the jobs numbers. I'm worried about the store closures. I don't go full in in investing. I don't have that gambling mentality. Am I a 100% investor right now? Yeah. Um, but am I panicked about it or am I nervous? Sure. I, I can see the jobs like bother me or the retail closings bother me. But Robinhood traders are cashing in the market comeback. 
that billionaire investors have missed. There's a good story out there today. And again, just maybe this shows that you can be nimble. I'd be careful, but nimble's good. One 26-year-old Robinhood trader made $1,500 in less than 24 hours betting on a beaten-down airline stock. While many so-called experts warned about buying into an overvalued stock market that was bound to tumble again due to the coronavirus pandemic. So this 26-year-old guy, he deserves to be on CNBC just as much as a lot of people deserve to be on CNBC, which is what I'm trying to tell you is that CNBC trots out too many gurus. The show that drives me the freaking, freaking craziest is their um, um, Fast Money. Because they come on and they're like, okay, well, I expect this stock to pull back another 15% from these levels. Well, Tesla's gonna, definitely going to go a little bit higher from these levels before it could possibly saw a top out. So they have kind of a monotone drone to them. And if these guys had report cards on everything that they said in the last year, they, they would look awful. Now, I don't think that's fair to say, let's do report cards. Because that's you get into a, a, a people see what they want to see thing, but I would not too many people talking and too many ideas that appeal just to you and too, some ideas that repulse you that should be the good idea. But I'll talk a little bit more about Robinhood. Robinhood's that app, and they're doing something that kind of makes me a little mental. They're debuting different stocks, which are kind of like story stocks at the time. Like, hey, you could buy one tenth of one share of this company. You're like, okay. Um, but the thing, I don't mind buying one-tenth of one share. I think that's awesome. I mind uh, some stock being pushed up to the top of the headline news of the day, if that makes sense. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. COVID-19 has been great for me. I've dialed back a lot of my driving. I don't know if that's going to add 10 years to my life by cutting out stress. But I also I have this impending sense of doom now that I'm going to have to start driving again, get back into TV, and get back into the commuting game. Um, what are you coming out of COVID-19 with? Uh, have you lost anyone? Have you uh, gained a friend? Have you gained knowledge? What have you done? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um the Senate Judiciary Committee is holding a hearing right now in response to COVID-19 fraud. Uh, it, dry, it hurts me so much to say this out loud that we have people in America that do that, um, that take advantage of bank loans or take advantage of the elderly with you know, cactus oil, snake oil kind of sales pitches on <laughs> You should die. I heard on the Joe Rogan show that you should take this vitamin because it'll boost your immunity system. System, <clears throat> And my mom's like, Joe Rogan? <clears throat> and yeah, 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 yeah. You should do what Joe Rogan says. And I'm like, okay. What's interesting to note about the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing holding response to COVID-19 fraud is that's kind of a story to me, but I found the technology even more of a story. And what do you mean by that? <clears throat> When you see the article in the Wall Street Journal that, you know, Senate investigating fraud, there's a link to 
the live broadcast of a Senate hearing. So when you click on said link, you're like, whoa, they've got a YouTube channel that's live. I do, if you have not <clears throat> seen that some of the powerful trends of the last five years turned into reality due to COVID almost overnight, um, things like DoorDash, will they make money or not? Who knows? But we went from, oh, I, my uncle's done that a couple times. Oh, my, my my cousin who lives in a big city has done that. It's just like Uber and Lyft. You remember the first time you did one, and you're like, really? Okay, wait, wait, hold on. With my app, I, I say I want to go somewhere, and you do it, and then you follow the driver coming to your house, and you're like, <clears throat> yep. Um, I think things have grown up a lot. I think streaming TV, uh, the number of people cutting the cord has accelerated during COVID. And I don't think we go back. So on YouTube, I watched that <clears throat> silly space rocket launch. And now you're saying, don't mock the space shuttle launch or the space rocket launch. It's not a shuttle. It's a rocket. Um, I watched that. <clears throat> and there's some really good channels on YouTube versus ABC had this like channel somewhere deep in cable that was lost in the uh, just the, the audio without any sort of announcing. So it wasn't very exciting. I want I want the commentary. I want the color commentary. I want the history. I want the slick graphic packages. But YouTube is streaming live TV. Um, a couple of the bands that I like have streamed both on Instagram and YouTube. I know you're saying, whatever happened to Facebook streaming? I guess it's not as hip. Um, Instagram and YouTube streaming live is the thing. I love while I'm watching the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee holding a meeting. The main senator who's questioning right now has got a big old bottle of uh, Germex or whatever that stuff is that kills germs um, on his desk. And I'm like, I'm looking at it like hand sanitizer. Oh, that looks good. Almost as if a dog looking at a steak or a 16-year-old boy objectifying a woman and uh, like looking at a poster. Like, oh, delicious. Deli hand sanitizer is now like my new delicious. <clears throat> so that's where I am in my life. <laughs> Have I hit rock bottom yet? Yet. Uh, it's coming. So 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Marketing? No. Probably not marketing. But we'll certainly hit some other issues along the way. I do do a podcast, and I guess you could do me a favor and tell people about it. That would be lovely. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Scott's Miracle Grow, kind of a winner stock right now. I bring it up in large part because, again, take a look around you. You will get the answers to should you be investing or not. What sort of ideas should you be looking for and not. How have your friends fared in investing in the stock market for a long-term retirement? Usually, they're pretty happy. I sound pretty happy today, right? <laughs> I am. Um, Scott's Miracle Grow, that it came into the world, not into the world. I've known about Scott's Miracle Grow for, I don't know, 40 years, it feels like, 35 years. My father was the kind of father that wanted to have a green yard, green grass, well-trimmed every week kind of thing. He had that American dream of having a, a grass yard, and he had it for most of his life. But he was also a cheater because like, he'd try to get to the point of, like, I'm going to grow tomatoes. 
and he had to grow bigger tomatoes than my mother and he had to grow bigger tomatoes than the neighbor. So what he would do, and does this sound familiar to anyone other than me? He would go to the store on the weekend and pick up things like Scott's miracle Grow, And he didn't know how to garden. He was awful. So he'd like say, well, it says put a cup in diluted water and that'll last a month. So he just pour the whole thing on it kind of thing, hoping for the best. <clears throat> Let's just say my father did not have a green thumb, but he did. He was, he had somehow, shall we say, power elsewhere of making things grow. Five boys and a girl. So we all grew up growing our own vegetable. That was our thing. Every year we had to plant our own vegetable. Fun. I know you're saying, what a fun family thing to do. You know, one of the best investments I've ever made, and I love this one because I learned it one time when um, I was on Fox Business. Fox Business, when they bring you up there, they put you in like a room and they say, okay, we're going to use you for three shows this Saturday. So you do friends, you do Fast Money or you do whatever the Fox and Money or Forbes and Fox and I can't even name the shows. So, but 20 years ago, uh, they put me in and, you know, I, I got to learn about Scott's Miracle Crow in large part. <clears throat> it, it resonated with me when a billionaire who I was sitting next to talked about one of the best investments he ever made. And it came across like this. You know, Robert, one of the best investments I ever made was a fruit tree. I'm like, a fruit tree? I thought you were going to say like MasterCard or Intel. Man, you got me on that one, dude. You got me on that one. Cisco said, no, a fruit tree. And he goes, yeah, a fruit tree. And he talked about how it's a $5 tree to go buy down at Home Depot. And he goes, I love limes, I love lemons, I love oranges. And I agree. I grow some of my own vegetables, and I, I definitely have three fruit trees in, on my yard. I know you're saying, now we know how to stock you, Rob. You're the guy with the oranges and the lemons and the limes. Or maybe the avocados. You'll see. I definitely don't want to grow walnuts. That's not my thing. Or almonds. Who wants to be an almond farmer? you got to have something sexier than that. A nice, oily, greasy avocado farm. Way out as an almond farm. Okay, so there's a lot of stories out there that you can see. Like, uh, yeah, you can get easily my uh, lime and lemons kick off $25 of fruit a year easily probably more like 50 when you start factoring in that you give it away so $5 becomes 50 every year holy mackerel very little water needed and um, very little Scott's Miracle Grow a friend of mine who does grow marijuana does use Scott's Miracle Grow because he doesn't want to pay retail prices for it he's a true farmer He's a true farmer. Uh, MasterCard's in the news. I love looking at stories out of MasterCard or Visa right now, even American Express. American Express gave us a pretty good update yesterday on spending trends, and they're, 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 they're ticking higher. Tick, 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 tick. I know you're saying, um, you should fix that. It should be a tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock higher. No, it's just they're ticking higher. The transactions are ticking higher. And MasterCard basically said the same thing yesterday. Switched volume continues to show an improving trend since the week ending May 7, in part due to the relaxation of social distancing, 
with an additional three weeks of activity to look at, they're now saying that the transition from stabilization phase to normalization phase in most markets domestically is underway. Normalization phase occurs when restrictions are relaxed and spending begins to gradually recover from new lower levels instead of bottom levels. Some sectors are going to be recovering faster than others. I started panicking yesterday. I told my sugar booger, I said, sugar booger. And she said, yes, honey bunny. No, she doesn't call me honey bunny. I said, sugar booger, we got to go on vacation soon. Everyone's booking up. I've heard, I've heard, I do a radio show. I, I do research for a living. And I said, everyone's getting on flights. And I, I said, we don't have to get Southwest. We don't have to get the, and I said, we don't have to get the cheapest one. We don't have to get the deal, but let's book something. Because uh, the old song, California, here I come, um, is out of my head. I, I don't need it anymore. Like, I, I need another state or another country, just between you and me. Um, I feel a little trapped in. I know you're saying, me too. Interesting. You know, 23andMe, you see the commercials, put some spit in a vial, learn that you've got uh, cousins, learn that your dad was a flanderer, and that you've got like brothers and sisters. Like The fun of 23andMe. Well, with doing all that genetic research and just genetic testing of people, they've said they've identified a gene that influences a person's blood type, which can affect a person's susceptibility to COVID-19. That's kind of cool. Um, and they ask me all the time because I got one of those kits a couple of years ago. They're like, hey, you want to participate in a new study? I'm like, sure. So anyway, some good news out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Tesla's in the news today because yesterday they hit a record closing price. The shares have climbed after some data coming out of China said Tesla sales have recovered from the COVID-19 impacts there. Uh, News out of China that things have recovered helps companies like Apple. It helps companies like Tesla. It helps companies um, that do business in China that kind of are known for it, like Nike. Like Nike is a great company in America, but it's the greatest company in the world when you include China. So Tesla's kind of getting some sales numbers that are good. One analyst, Dan Ives, he's from Wedbush Securities. You'll see him a lot if you pay attention to CNBC or Bloomberg. Um, good analyst, good solid guy, good guy, able to tell a good story tale. He says that he thinks the China growth story is worth $300 a share to Tesla as electric vehicle penetration is set to ramp significantly over the next 12 to 18 months in a more normalized backdrop. He says, mm, probably an $800 stock, but I can make a case for it to go to $1,350. That's kind of nice. It's kind of a $900 stock, and you're kind of giving it a wiggle room of 100 points down, 400 points up. I'll take that kind of wiggle room. I know you're saying, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, but Tesla's in the news also today because someone else has come out and said, um, it could be problematic with their manufacturing, but someone else has come out today and said it could be my favorite stock of all time, and uh, even currently. You're starting to see the problem with Tesla, huh? A lot of people have a lot of opinions on it, and many of them are right, no matter how you slice them, dice them, or cut them. 
a lot. And by that, I'm ultimately saying is, um, uh, you could say it's too highly valued, and you could see what this what it just did in a market correction where you're like, whoa, that was a fast fall. Are you comfortable with that? So a Tesla memo indicates possible Model Y quality issues. Now, Elon Musk isn't stupid. He knows that when he sends an email out to his employees that it's going to get pushed to the market. Um, it's going to be leaked. Uh, the Tesla Model Y is an important vehicle for Tesla. Sales are ramping up now. Reports of Model Y production problems matter. Um, unless, of course, you're talking about the stock. Tesla CEO sent an email to the employees outlining Model Y production, stressing the importance of fixing the problems quickly. Um, it's extremely important for us to ramp up Model Y production and minimize ref- rectification issues. I want you to know that it really makes a difference to Tesla right now. So says um, Elon Musk. Again, it's a stock that always feels in the news when we're not like deep in the COVID news. Even then, Musk was able to get some PR out, right? A little bit of sad news. One industry that's not, and again, one of the stories I've already done for you is that a big researcher said 20,000 to 25,000 retail stores are going to close in America, and we're kind of around 9,000 right now. But here's another bit of bad news. And again, this I'm not trying to taint the stock market, but there's some negative here. I hope there's some negative here. The coronavirus pandemic has caused unprecedented upheaval in the meat supply chain. More than 20,000 meat processing plants workers have contracted the virus. 74 of them have died. That is a high percentage of our society. So the pandemic has caused two major disruptions in the meat supply chain. The first we talked about was shifting consumer behaviors from restaurants and school food to grocery stores. So the meat industry had to say, okay, we're not sending a lot of hamburgers to the Cheesecake Factory to make into cheesecake burgers or whatever they do. I know that's confusing. Um, but if you're not going to your local pub, they're not cooking that local burger for you. That, that impacts these guys because it's a distribution level where maybe like a Cisco stock I like um, gets the food, grinds it into hamburger, sends it to 50 different restaurants in all the different states. So the distribution got thrown off as we shifted where we needed the food set. Another thing that was unimaginable was more than 20,000 meat processing plant workers got gotten sick. So there was disruptions. There was uh, meat that had to be disposed of instead of eaten. So you'd almost say the plant shutdowns showed that they weren't really set up for COVID, that they weren't really set up for um changing how they process. The shutdowns have caused wholesale prices to double and livestock prices to drop 20 to 30%. So the meat industry is looking squarely at about $20 million losses this year. That's big money to that industry. 
that's nothing to Apple. That's nothing to Amazon, right? Oh, $20 billion. That's nothing but a morning breakfast gone awry. But you throw that in the middle of the United States, and that's a lot of pain for a lot of people. Just throwing it out there. So I talked a little bit about Robinhood, and um, this was interesting because it, 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 there's a, some studies out right now that a lot of Robinhood users were a little bit more savvy and took advantage of the stock market drop. So my producer is a younger man, half my age roughly, right? <clears throat> He's like, you don't like day trading, Rob. And I'm like, uh, I'm not against it. I just it make for a bad show because people would misinterpret information. And I think day trading has to be kind of instinctual. I don't think you want to get a tip on day trading. I don't think that's the way it works, and I think it hurts you when you try to follow that. Um, you can pick your nose. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose. You can pick your stocks. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' stocks, right? I'm not against day trading if you're good at it. Um, show me your track record for three years, and I'll hire you at six figures. If you could beat the market with day trading after taxes, I'll pay you six figures. I don't think you can do it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.